Good evening ladies and squirrels, I hope we're all okay. I have another episode of the Polymath podcast. This is another interview version and on this episode I am interviewing a very, very good friend of mine, a guy called Grizzly Jim, uh, Jim Kent. He is a traditional uh, instinctive archer. You can find him all over the internet. Uh, his Archery Adventures YouTube channel was uh, huge. Over the last few years, he started off um, just doing little videos about about his archery, and it gained more and more traction, and landed him a job at a large archery company in the UK, which he has. Um, he was there for a few years, and he's just just left that to take it to, to go out on his own again. Awesome guy, very very passionate about archery, and as you will hear from the interview. He's also incredibly funny. <laughs> I get on really well with him. Uh, we had a spent a day out in the woods today shooting some arrows, made some pine needle tea over a campfire, and generally just had an all-round good time. So we uh, then went to a pub and had a little bit of lunch, a bit of food. Uh, I think I had uh, some halloumi, halloumi chicken, and Jim had a lasagna. And the guy we were with, a guy called Bradley, um, I forget what he had actually. Um, I think he had a burger of some description. Anyway, it was slightly noisy when we did the interview, but hopefully I can pull some of the noise back and you can hear us nice and clearly. It seemed okay when I just had a quick run through now. So I apologise for the sound quality if it is poor, but uh, it's a great little interview. He's he's a good lad, Jim. Uh, so I hope you enjoy it. And this is episode 29 of Polymath Podcast. Thank you very much, guys. You can find us, as always, or you can find me, on all social media as Chris Frossin and Jim. If you search for Grizzly Jim um, Archery Adventures, you will tend to find him on everything, but uh, he does list all his different handles on Twitter and Instagram towards the end of the episode. But as always, I will put all the links that we talk about in the show notes, and you can have a look at those on chrisfrossin.co.uk. And if you like this episode, please give us a thumbs up on iTunes. It always helps. Thank you very much. And here we go, episode 29. Hey guys, welcome to Polymaths. We are on episode 29. Uh, this is a, another episode where I'm going to interview one of my good friends. Um, we, or I have decided to start interviewing a few people because I've got lots of cool friends with lots of interesting stories so today um, I'm not that with, well okay well you're maybe the exception that proves the rule maybe let's, uh, let's put uh, it that way maybe mildly curious <laughs> mildly curious people are mild, mildly curious about mildly you. curious I, about you or would, you are mildly curious I'm a bit of both I'm not <laughs> both <laughs> I wouldn't consider myself that interesting <laughs> Anyway, we've been, uh, I've been out shooting with him this morning, uh, we are currently sat in a very noisy pub, uh, so apologies for the background noise, but hopefully it'll just add a little bit of ambiance, as it were. I think it's quite nice, it's it like is, it's people are joining us in a pub. Yes, yes, and you can join us in the pub, listening to, well, me and, well, I'll introduce him in a second, but uh, yeah, basically, the guy who is on the podcast today, I met, um, was that a year ago? Maybe maybe year and I a think, half, two years? No, not two. It wasn't years. two years. We've only been doing archery for eighteen months. So it's a year. anyway, about an, about a year. And um, as you all know, if you listen to the podcast regularly, myself and Ash, we started doing archery 
Um, went and bought some bows. Uh, I went down to a shop in Loughborough um, and was a little bit disappointed because I just got kind of handed a bow and said, there you go, where Ash had this awesome story about how he went in and um, the, the guy took him through all the bows and had him shoot it and had a, a really long conversation about it all. Um, and I went down to uh, the, my local archery shop and was pretty much just handed a bow. Here you go, off you go, thank you very much. I was like, oh, bit of a shame. So... Uh, I bumped into uh, a YouTube channel for the guy who was on the podcast today. I'm not going to say his name yet. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we're going to keep you in suspense. Ooh. And uh, I watched all his videos anyway. He was uh, he was shooting traditional traditional archery um, in the same same vein that I was ending up going to uh, steer myself towards. Ash, as you know, shoots compound bows now. Um, Quite well, actually. In all annoyingly fans. well. Yeah, regularly, constantly well. You don't hate him, he's lovely. No, I do like him, I'm just jealous. He's, li- he's living my dream. <laughs> he's living my dream. Uh, we'll get Ash, actually we should probably do a threesome, uh, Ash, you and uh, myself at some point. But um, yeah, I reached out to I reached out to him and uh, asked uh, some completely inane, stupid question about, I think he was shooting off a shelf, wasn't it? I wanted to shoot off the shelf. It was, yeah, you wanted to compare the, the bow that, that wasn't I designed bought. to shoot off the shelf. Yes. So can, we, we nearly did it. But yeah, very nearly. But you, being the businessman you are, sold me another bow instead. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyway, so that that was the start of something beautiful, as it were. Um, and I got my, I got my archery kick of um, having a really cool archery conversation with somebody who knows way more about it than I do, which is, as you know, something that I really like doing: having conversations with people who know stuff a lot more uh, about things that I'm interested in than I do. So. Without further ado, and that is a very, very long introduction to oh. the man sitting at my right, I'm and it is. <laughs> it, was, it was so. It made it seriously. It made it. It probably kept me in archery at the point because at the time, myself and Ash were just kind of bumming around, shooting in the field and everything, and we hadn't really popped down to a archery club or anything, uh, and we were just shooting between ourselves. So as soon as I met you, it uh, yeah, we went out on a on a shoot. Pretty quickly after that, we did some did some photographs for you. Yeah, uh, they me, were you, amazing. and Ash have been out. <laughs> they were okay. I'm still um, milking them now. <laughs> <laughs> still, still in the process of milking them. Yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm, I'm just about to do a website, and I, I'm pretty sure they're going to feature quite heavily. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! I can't wait to see that. So anyway, yes, uh, the man sitting to my right is none other uh, than Jim Grizzly Jim Kent. Hello. And welcome to the podcast. I suppose you should say hello, internet. I suppose. Hello, internet. That's and welcome to you know. No, it's just our three adventures now. <laughs> yeah, just our three adventures. We, we dropped the Merlin. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, obviously everybody who's listening to this—well, not everybody—but I would imagine a vast majority of people who are going to be listening to this will be because you have shared it out. Um, I probably but will. Self-promotion is something I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting better at. <laughs> getting better at self-promotion. Grizzly Jim trademark. Look, there's a thing of me in it, I'll share it. <laughs> so one of the things that maybe some of them don't know, or I don't know, which is one of the first questions I want to ask, you posted a video on your YouTube page or your Facebook page um, a fair few months ago of you sat down blankly staring at the camera with a guitar in your hands and you played a beautiful rendition of some song that you've made up. Uh, it was very monotone and it was a single chord strum 
Um, but I wanted to start there, really, uh, rather than archery, because everybody's going to go, well, how did you start in archery? The ukulele. Where did, where did you start with the ukulele? I didn't. I just picked it up and Have started. you just picked it up and started? Yeah. Tra- have, have you got guitar background or anything? I can play it well. I, I can. Um, I, I, I saw. We've got a, another guy here, a friend of mine, Bradley, who's actually a, a real guitar player. His ears just pricked up there when we mentioned guitars. Um, I, I yeah, I, I can vaguely play a guitar enough so people believe that I can play the guitar. So you're better than me then. I've got a few chords, okay. and that's about it. Um, I but, think I'm a repertoire of about nine at the moment. But, <laughs> it's more than I've got. But yeah, I, I, I play a few chords and. Um, uh, a friend of mine taught me to play a, a certain... It, it was really, really strange. He taught me to play... There was some incidental music in Neighbours. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 Is that what you played? The, the, the BBC One Neighbours, when it was when it was good. When it was <laughs> Helen, Helen Daniels. Neighbours was never good. And, and uh, Su- what was the name? Susan... Oh, I, can't remember, I can't remember the name. Hannah Martin and Susan Martin and... Carl Martin. Oh my hey, word, your memory's yeah, better than mine. That scared me, actually. Uh, but yeah, there was, there was some incidental music, and um, my mate, who's an amazing guitarist, uh, was just strumming it away, and I was like, that's the music from Neighbours. And he was like, yeah, so show me how you play it. And he did, and, and it turns out that, that those that's basic cool. chords are the basis for most songs. Oh, they're the four chords? Yeah, they're the four chords. Axes and, um, of Awesome. And uh, yeah, I sort of, I just basically played those four chords over and over and over again. And uh, the weird thing was, I ended up writing a song called Zombie Girlfriend, um, which, which uh, I think might be my first ever video on, on YouTube. Oh my word, it's I a need song to Google called, that um, Zombie Girlfriend. And it got picked up by a, an American sitcom uh, starring John Hedger, who right. is Napoleon Dynamite. No way! Yeah, it got picked up by, um, by that, and it was used in this... Um, this sort of <laughs> sitcom. Um, I'm really glad I asked that, that question now. What a cool weirdly story. Paid for by Kodiak? No, Kodak, the camera company. Yeah. Kodak. Yeah. Kodak. Pa- paid for by Kodak. It was all a bit random, and I was supposed to get all this Kodak stuff, but it bombed. Oh, wow. Um, and nothing ever came of it. But yeah, I. I, I what a cool in, story. He was in the sitcom. And then ever since then, I. I I, I've always owned a guitar and I, I play just enough so people think that can I can. Can you remember any words from Zombie the Girlfriend? I can remember all of them. You can remember all the yeah, words we got. I, I'm not going to. Re- oh, go on. I'm not going to. I, I what we could do using the. The power the of the power internet. Of the, I could bring it up ever so slightly. Oh, and uh, be... and then we can I can play it for you. a little, Just a clip, not the whole thing. I'm really glad I, like, I'm really glad I asked the question. Now. I'm what pretty cool sure you, you want people to, to carry on listening. Um, <laughs> yeah, we won't, we won't pull them off quite so quickly. Yeah, it's right down the bottom of my channel, my, my recently reactivated channel. Which um, I will put Jim's uh, channel in the show notes and everything so you can find his um, fantastic videos. You can have Zombie Girlfriend. Zo- Zombie Girlfriend unfinished preview or Zombie Girlfriend full version with a country feel. Oh my word, well you can choose, I, I'm in no position to choose we'll, what we'll go song con- you We'll go country feel. Terrible quality. Went through some evolved stages. <laughs> I, I can see, I can see Bradley. Well, what chords are you playing? What chords are they? Do I, don't even, I don't even know what they're called anymore. Chord. That one. <laughs> C. It's I'm probably. I would imagine it's C, C A G and D. Would you agree with that, Bradley? There's definitely a D in there somewhere. 
Cowboy yeah, Cowboy God. I've, I've just noticed that there is a dislike on that video. Oh no, ten likes, one dislike. Okay, yeah. so if you're listening to this, go and find Zombie Girlfriend full version with a country feel on YouTube and live, give give Jim some love and give him a like. Uploaded on YouTube. Give him a like on the twentieth of February, two thousand and seven. So is that that's your first two thousand and seven? Two thousand and seven wow. was my first YouTube video. I, don't, I can't even remember what my first vid- YouTube video was. Probably some tutorial. No, I think yeah. it was a car orientated thing. I think mm-hmm. I put something up on a car, of a car, and then I had another. Uh, the next one was me trying to put the engine into my Galant, or giving a, at least a walk around, and then it was a tutorial, a Lightroom tutorial, uh, which probably ninety percent of all my videos are now, I uh, like which it. I need to update. Um, cool. Yeah, it's uh, my but my first archery video wasn't uploaded until. Let's have a look here. I'm not gonna play it. Uh, that was uploaded on the 31st of March 2013. Oh wow! Yeah. So you had a, how come you how come you had such a big gap between? Well, I, I, I did, didn't. Did you did you start the YouTube channel with the intention of putting more music videos on? It, it, it was slightly it, less on the girlfriend. Well, my, my YouTube Evil channel. Evil girlfriend. <laughs> Evil. Well, my YouTube channel was just it was just a channel just for putting stuff up. Like, it wasn't for anything in particular. Yeah. Um, I made a few when I when I was playing softball. I made a few softball things, but it was—it wasn't anything uh, kind of specific. It was just a, a YouTube channel that I used, and if I wanted to upload something, I'd upload it to that. But it was after a, a conversation with uh, another kind of fairly high-profile kind of YouTube archer, you know, a guy called Chris Billingsgate. Okay, um, really, really nice guy. Uh, completely mental, but he's—he's he's a really nice guy. Um, you know, archer and part-time Bigfoot hunter. Wow, and uh, yeah, he uh, we had a Skype conversation or a Google Hangout or something like that, and we um, we we just uh, he just said, "Why don't you do your own video?" Because he he did YouTube videos, and I said, "Oh, they're really cool. I'd I'd, I'd love to do some of them." He said, well, "Just do it." Said, nah, no one want to listen to what I talk about. Said, no, no, do it. No, and and I did, and I think I did. I think my first archery video was like an introduction to instinctive archery okay and it was just me in I think I did it at my mum and dad's house because I had a, a little is that the one where you had the, the most important the most important thing about instinctive archery is you need to have a hat it's a hat and now that I don't wear a hat yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. yeah that was the first one I did I would have done it at my house but we, we, we'd not long had a baby um, and it was just crying and stuff so I thought well I can't do a video at home so I did it at my mum and dad's went into the this horribly echoey dining room yeah. uh, just with an iPhone one camera angle for about 20 minutes talking <laughs> straight into the camera <laughs> for, for ages and it, it it was horrendous really but it got quite popular for some reason um, my my first tutorial video was because of a guy called Jared Poland who does froknowsphoto.com if you're a photographer and you don't know who Jared Poland is then there's something wrong with you because you haven't been on the internet for the last four years or something um, but he used to do uh, raw, raw edits of the week so he'd put up one of his raw files and uh, do like a little challenge where you can, everybody could go and edit it and I did a an edit a live edit of that and uh, that was my first that was the first uh, tutorial-based video that I put up on YouTube as well, which then kind of spiralled into all the other ones as well, which I need to update at some point. So, after you did your... So, 
obviously you were you've been in archery for a long time. So after about thirty years now. Thirty years on and off. I've had some pretty. pretty I didn't even know breaks. you were thirty. You don't look thirty. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thirty six. No, I'm not. I'm thirty five. I was going to say I I'm thirty six yeah. in April. So, in April. Yeah. Not that far away. So maybe I could put like my Amazon wish list on the on the if show you notes. Wanna, if you want to buy Jim a birthday yeah. present, <laughs> <laughs> send it to PO Box here. Um, so after after you did your introduction to instinctive archery, mm. what videos did you have an idea of what videos you wanted to do from there? Did you know you were going to take N- off? Or? No idea. I was flying completely blind. Um, I, I did. I think the next video was a arrow building thing I'll just show people how I made my arrows like kind of this spray oh, cresting yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I did that and in your garage in my, in my garage yeah it was all, it was all, it was all done in my mum and dad's garage because we didn't have a garage um, so yeah it was all, all there and it, it just I can't really remember but I, it, was, it was a struggle at one point to try and think of stuff to do Videos on, like, yeah. Uh, I sort of, I thought, well, I'll review the gear I have, and I think I did a bow review on my um, uh, KG Osprey. I think yep. that's my first um, yeah. bow review. Uh, what was it? Uh, probably. Uh, and I did just the gear I had lying around, and, and just tried. You to... You had a really old bow as well that you reviewed. I remember, uh, I remember that. Mas- Master Mag. It was a Ben Pearson Master that's Mag. It, ben Pearson one. Um, that is just. I mean. It's, from this early late 60s actually late 60s early 70s yeah I've still got it still shoot it uh, I haven't shot it for a while it'll probably kill me uh, or was it heavy it was only well, it was only 50 but it's a short 50 it's only it's a 52 inch bow it's stacked so it's tiny um, but a lovely bow I mean Ben Pearson bows I've got three old Ben Pearson bows from like the, the sort of uh, 60s and 70s and they are absolutely bomb proof they are just, um, one of them's got a slight lint twist, but other yeah. than that, it's it's fine. So what yeah. does it, what does the lint twist do to the shot? Does it twist the shot? Not really. No. It's, it's it, 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 to be honest, it bothers me more aesthetically than it does the shot. I mean, it's one of those excuses that archers would use. Oh yes. Yeah, oh, I missed it. I've got a bit of lint twist. Add it, add it to the list. <laughs> ever ever growing list. <laughs> Uh, I don't so. really get that, and I've not touched wood. I've not had target panic yet either. Oh, don't. Um, so you yeah, don't want I'm, that. Ash, Ash has been through target panic, which is obviously where we started the Colson stuff. Yeah, from. I, c- I can understand. Um, it's quite common, I think, with with more sort of target orientated archers. Yeah. Uh, and and hunters when it when it's when there's a lot lot kind of riding on it. Like if you're a tournament archer and you you you're putting pressure on yourself to do well, or you're a target archer, you're putting pressure on yourself to to get the scores. Yeah. If you're hunting and you're obviously putting pressure on yourself yeah, to, to, get the kill. To, to, to get the kill, so I, I can understand kind of how that could uh, someone could get target panic that way. I thought I would never get target panic. I was a bit smug about it yeah. until I got target panic. It's not nice. And no, in the way it nearly wrecked my career. Oh wow! Because <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't face shooting a bow, and well, that was my job. So I couldn't. I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. And luckily. Um, uh, Jeff Kavanagh, mutual friend of ours in yes. Canada, um, helped me out. Basically, just said, "Don't get your knickers in a twist; it'll be all right." Yeah. <laughs> just go out and shoot some stumps. <laughs> just, just kind of go back and yeah. do what you love. Yeah, and that's, that's it, basically uh, it. Manifested. I remember Ash telling me about it. It manifested itself in him very differently from how I envisioned it. In terms of, he couldn't hold the pin anywhere near the anywhere near the target without firing yeah. so as soon as he got anywhere near it bang he'd, he'd hack his that's finger quite common. to fire that's quite common um, which 
uh, yeah, that manifests itself in the opposite way. Whereas I thought you wouldn't be able to fly. Well, with me, I, I, couldn't, different. I couldn't let go of the string. Right. And I, because uh, the way I, the way I shoot is, I, I come up to full draw, and when the shot's there, I just relax my hand, and it just goes. Yeah. And what was happening is I couldn't relax I couldn't make the shot go so I would force it and get this horrible jumpy release and it would just it would go it would go horribly uh, and I couldn't hit anything it was it was it was really bad I couldn't even I couldn't even bear to look at my bow I just it was just filled me with dread and knowing that I had to go and do that for my job it was it wasn't a good good time what job actually. were you doing then? I was working at Merlin at the time oh, was that when you were, oh, wow. I, I think what happened was what caused it it was because I'd always just shot for myself and it was fine and I just yeah. shot because I enjoyed shooting. I'd never really consider myself as a, a serious competitive archer. I do compete and sometimes I win, which is great, but that's not why I'm there. I, I like just like shooting. That's, yeah. Yeah. that's the, the, the crux of it. But um, I think because I was, I'd, I'd taken this job on for Merlin and I'd put my, unwittingly kind of put myself in the public eye, although I can't, it was already there, but it, it didn't really seem that way, but certainly being like the face of Merlin and and sort of like this this kind of spokesperson this kind of um, I don't know what what I was really but that kind of internet sensation yeah why not let's call it that <laughs> um, I think I'd put myself in the public eye and I was I was like what, I was like, what if, if I screw up what what's you know what's going to happen like people are going to think I'm crap and then they're not going to listen to me if I yeah. do if I do a bad shot People aren't gonna. People are gonna think, oh well, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. And it just kind of just compounded itself into this horrible situation where I couldn't actually shoot. Um, I didn't realise it was that late on. I thought you had type on it earlier on. I no, I, I, I had. It was that. Well, I had it when I was a kid because um, I, I did dabble briefly with target archery. Yeah. Uh, in the like the early nineties. And what I, did you shoot then? I sh- well, I shot a recurve, um, but I, I bought it from this. this sh- Shop that doesn't exist anymore, but I bought. And he was the, the guy. The guy who ran it was a tyrant. He was. And he was. He's, I was 14 years old, 13 years old, and I was shooting a 38 pound bow. Wow. Which yeah, I could shoot it once or twice in the shop and it's fine, but come to a, a day shooting with it, it killed me. Yeah. Uh, and I wound the poundage down. It was at a time when you could adjust the tiller on a bow. And okay. A byproduct of being able to adjust tiller is meant you could. Slightly adjust poundage, so I wound the bow down as much as I could take it to try and make it easier to shoot, and it ended up blowing up on me. Well, I, I say blowing up; it fell apart on me because I'd taken it. You didn't so have far. enough tension to hold it together. Um, but he wouldn't—he wouldn't take it back. He wouldn't swap the limbs or anything. So I was stuck with this bow that I couldn't shoot. Um, and it was at that point I decided oh, I'm going to compound a go. Okay. So I tried compound, and it did a right. Compound? Did you shoot? Uh, well, the first compound. Well, the first compound I had was a pink PSE. Like a, it was a little more than a toy, um, but I, I, just to try it to see if I liked it. No, I did. I, I kind of enjoyed it because um, I was very competitive with my friend Percy, who's a quite a well-known jazz musician now. Okay. Um, Percy Persglove. Shout out to Percy. Uh, shout out to Percy Persglove. Um, and uh, yeah, we. I sort of we were very competitive with each other, friendly competitive, but he was always yeah. better than me. So I thought, well, if I go compound, I'm going to get a step up and I'm going to be better than him. And he still would hold his own against me shooting compound. But I, I shot for the county and stuff and did various bits and bobs. Um, but yeah, I had a little bit of target panic with them, but we didn't call it target panic then, we called it gold shyness. 
gold shyness. Gold shyness, where you couldn't oh. hold the pin on the gold of the target. I just you just couldn't do it. it was so, the, so the the pin would be guiding across yeah, to the but, gold and would just bounce over. It, it. Yeah, it would like what? oh, no, uh, that, I've just tried, described it with my finger, and that obviously doesn't work in audio format, does it? Oh wow! <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. But, but yeah, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't hold the, the pin <laughs> on the, the centre of the target. For but, those listening, that you did a perfect example of what what it looks yeah. like. <laughs> but I, I mean, uh, I, I, it wasn't long until I eventually went back to to trad where I thought. Okay. So you, you started as trad? Yeah, my, my dad made me a, a bow. It was I had a willow bow when I was about six. Oh, this I, I, was, I was about four, I think, and I grew up on a farm, and I found <coughs> this old bow in a barn, and it was a slazenger. Uh, there was a, a bow on one arrow, and it had red feathers on it, and I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Um, and my my dad. Um, I, I couldn't pull the boat, it was too much for me. It was probably only like 28 pounds or something. But, yeah, but I was four, yeah. I couldn't pull it back. Um, so my dad made me a bow that I could shoot this arrow out of, and he just, like, we backed onto so a. Was a he wooden. dad an archer? Or did no, he bought it off a famous tennis player or something random from, the, from a magazine. Okay. He, he saw it advertised because he thought it would be cool to have a bow. A slashing um, bow, yeah. And then he, he went to pick it up and he was like, oh, you're so and so, and he's a famous tennis player of like the. 70s, 80s type thing. I'm trying to think who it would be. Should... I don't. I have no what idea. He did. He did tell me quite recently, but I can't remember. But uh, but yeah. And so he, he ended up making me a little bow. Yeah. And just yeah, just stop kind of bothering the chickens, going going <laughs> playing the woods. Stop shooting chickens, please. We but, need them. Um, so yeah, I, I just I just went for a, like run around the woods and shooting my bow instinctively before it was a thing. Yeah. Um, and that was it. I was hooked. Uh, I didn't realise that. That's cool. I've had a bow in my hand since I was about four. Like I say, I've had some pretty big gaps. Like when I hit eighteen, I, I decided to pursue girls. Did you go emo? And the, you know, I was kind of I went, I went vaguely skatery for a bit. Ooh, you know, with a, your vans, your vans, baggy trousers, chain from from a belt. To, there was no wallet on the end of it. Um, no. I think it was, if I remember rightly, I had this chain that went from my things into my pocket, and all that was on it was uh, some pistons from a radio control car. Uh, right. I, I vaguely remember that for some reason, um, but yeah, I couldn't even skateboard. I carried a skateboard, <laughs> but I couldn't skateboard. That's why you carried it. That's why I carried it. <laughs> you didn't skate. I, I didn't street, dare skate on it. it. Oh but, my word! But yeah. And then you got back into archery after that. What what was the what was the deciding factor to, to draw you back into it, or was it something that you missed? Or well, I, I, I dabbled a bit. Uh, going backwards and forwards, and kept going back for a, you know a few months, and then something else would come along, and then I you know got married and had kids, and uh, uh, eight kid, and then it was just as my as my son was a few months old. I, I don't know. I I'd hit a bit of a, a bit of a snag in in life really. I I, I, I had a lot of things happen. Like uh, a very close friend of mine uh, passed away. Um, uh, like my best mate's mum also passed away, and there was my grandmother passed away, and, and a lot of a lot of things all happened round about the same sort of time, and I was having a, a bit of a, a rough time with it, um, and it was then I decided to get back into archery um, properly, like really really stick at it again, and uh, yeah, I, and that was it, never never looked back again. So I've I've kind of only been back in archery again probably about six or seven years after a, a, a pretty. A, a decent gap, but did archery help you through that point? Or uh, yeah, did you massively. Pick it up afterwards? No, ma- archery gave me just kind of gave me my life back in a way. Okay. Uh, it gave me something to focus on, and it it it, it was 
it, it, archery has always been important to me but from then on it became even more important to me because I think without archery I think I would have completely lost the plot and, and gone, gone mental I think uh, but yeah, it really gave me something to like gravitate towards and really throw myself at again. And and it was then I had a, uh, the conversation with Chris Billingsgate. He said, "Make some, make a YouTube video. Just music. Give, give it a go." And I, I did. And then I made made a video, and made another one, and another one, and another one, <laughs> and another one. At what point did you realise? Uh, how many videos did you make? before you realised that you had an audience, that you had people that were watching and paying attention? It was, it was the, I suppose it was when I got my first kind of like 200 subscribers. I was like, it was like such a milestone. I was like, wow, I've got 200... 200 people want to listen yeah, to what I said. 200 people. And like the first time of video, like, I got like... I think probably the first time was when I got 100 views on my video. I was like, wow, we've got 100 views. And then it was 1,000 views. Yeah. <laughs> 2,000 views. There are 2,000 traditional archers out there. And then it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And, you know, some of my videos, you know, one of before I started Merlin, I think the, the highest I got was about 80,000. But wow. then, I got, then I got the Merlin gig. And then occasionally I'd get like a, you know, almost 100,000 views, 20,000, 40,000, 70,000. It, it, wow. it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we worked it out. Between my channel and the Merlin channel, over the past couple of years, I've accrued maybe somewhere in the region of about three million views. Not on one video, across, yeah, yeah, across, yeah, all, across all the videos. So yeah, they're, they're not three million separate people, probably. Yeah. It's, uh, There's but, one yeah. person watching the video yeah. three million times. Got Thank, a massive mate. crush on you. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, What's your favourite video that you've done? My favourite video that I've done. See, the obvious one's the zombie one we did. But <laughs> what was the guy's name in that? Uh, Howard. Howard. My oh, buddy Howard. Howard. Oh, oh Howard. Howard. That was. It was the most bizarre weekend of my life, man. That. <laughs> well, originally it was. I don't know if you've seen the video. It was. It What's starts. What's the video off, called so that they can go and find it's it? It's called. Um, zombie Merlin's Archery Zombie Apocalypse Survival Special or something right and, and it, but it, st it starts off the first few minutes is this really intense quite gritty zombie film where um, uh, there's a guy basically trying to escape from some zombies and then you know it's you know it's quite I've tried to make it as gritty as possible <laughs> uh, oh, Merlin Archery's Merlin Archery Adventures Zombie Apocalypse Special oh, Bradley just got it up on his way Zombie um, Apocalypse Special thank you Brad um, I'm sure we can link to it in the show notes yeah I'll stick it in the show notes um, but yeah it, the first two minutes is, is I've tried to make it like a zombie film and it gets really gritty in fact I'm not going to spoil it but it was only supposed to be <laughs> it was only supposed to be an intro to another video about something else oh was it but but when I when I showed Ben I, I said this is really good this is too good not to do something else too so we kind of ended up making making it into something else like it was basically like an infomercial if the zombie apocalypse had happened but Merlin was still running <laughs> as, a, as a shop like kitten out like zombie hunters it, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's quite. I mean, that's probably probably one of the, the bigger ones we did, the bigger productions. But I think maybe my, my favorite, probably my favorite videos are the gathering videos, okay. uh, which is spread across my old channel and, and the Merlin channel. Um, but yeah, every year I go to this this shoot, uh, usually in Germany. It's been in Austria, but uh, this this year coming, it's in Bavaria, which uh, is a group of really tight knit people uh, that that met on a, a, a Facebook forum. Like a few years back and it's uh, it really is it's like a second family 
they're incredible people and um, it's had a bit of backlash in the past people saying oh the gathering is elitist it's closed they don't let anyone in and the reason why it's kind of a closed group so that's where it started well that, that's kind of where it started but also logistics if I mean I think the, the numbers I think we limit it to about 40 people maximum but I think we try and keep it around 25 yeah. 30 because any anything more than that you can't get in anywhere because yeah. it's all done in these little hotels in the you know the black forest or in you know ski resorts in Austria and stuff they're usually over a bank holiday weekend anyway so you can't fit that many people in so the, the, it's a logistical thing that it's kept small and as, as soon as someone drops out there's someone else that would fill the place it's yeah. it's it's not like it's oh no only the elite can go it's not anything like that I mean they even got Bradley a spot on it which he's nobody he's <laughs> literally nobody um, you can't sorry, even Brad. hear him you sat over there <laughs> and you can't, the even, can't even hear him feel the love Brad um, yeah. uh, so it's it's not like it's a closed shop it's just just if it gets too big it, it's it not gets it's unwieldy good. yeah it'll get unwieldy it'll die and no one will know that's the thing with those sort of things the, the, the internet forum events we've had a number of them in the uh, in my car group of friends as well we started off with some uh, beach parties and they started off at like 25-30 people uh, just me and my friends kind of meet up on the, on the beach and uh, that roll a uh, snowball into like 200 300 people as soon as you get 300 people on the beach you're going to end up with a couple of idiots who are yeah. who are donating on the beach um, which is yeah. effectively a private private um, not private they're public land yeah i mean um, that, that, that's what we didn't want it to be like, I'm, luckily touchwood we haven't really had anyone who's who's an arse um in the nicest possible yeah. way. Yeah, might have wanted to. This come close. <laughs> it's it's just it's just a, a really nice experience, and I think without that, I think it, I kind of use it to recharge my kind of archery batteries, and it reminds me why I kind of pick up the bow in the first place because of this, like the gathering, that kind of family getting out there, just shooting. It's not about who can who's the you know the best. Although I have won it twice, um, uh, but it, it, it's, it's it's not about. I've won it twice. I've only run it twice. So. Yeah, I've entered uh, first year. I came third, but I think there was some uh, there was discrepancy in the in the scoring. That's I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to that. I can remember the the Harold. Harold. <laughs> the last time you came back, you told me a story, and I was wondering whether you could elaborate and go a bit further about the metal bear. Oh yeah, the, it was the second the way, year. The way you told that story was brilliant. I was wondering whether you could. The, the second year was uh, in the Black Forest. Uh, this hotel called Hotel Bad, and it's an, it, the most amazing thing. It's an archery hotel. Oh wow! Um, yeah, it's wow. it's. You go to this hotel. Uh, it's very basic. It's clean, but very basic. It's not it's not most comfortable night I've ever had. But the food's good room is clean and you could do archery <laughs> which is which is the main thing but yeah you you go in um to the hotel and there's an outdoor range there's an indoor range uh, where we spent all our evenings because it was like a, a fridge full of beer indoor archery <laughs> range. it was insane and then there was they call them parkours uh, in that part of the world which is like a 3D course okay. there was one like to a couple of kilometres down the road and then there was two up a mountain right in front of the um, the hotel and uh, yeah on the I think we got there on the Thursday and we usually what happens is everyone gets a few drinks and then someone says let's get the balls out <laughs> and we do <laughs> and uh, we it's like do. yarn 
No, <laughs> I don't think he turned up at that point. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they uh, so we got the bows out, started shooting, and I'd had a couple of quite strong um, German beers. And at the end of the archery range, there was this huge standing bear. And I thought, I'm going to have a pop at that. And I got it perfectly in the kill zone. Plum shot. It was amazing. When I went to get my arrow back, I realised the bear was made of steel. About, you know, quarter of an inch thick steel. Um, and only the, like, the kill zone and his testicles were, were made out of foam. And I, caught, and I thought, I, I got really cocky. I was like, oh, I've got it. That's fine. I'm going to do that again. And I went to shoot the bear and I missed Oh, I missed the kill zone yep. and I flowered my arrow which I displayed the end by hitting the steel <laughs> I thought oh that's unfortunate have another beer I'm going to have another pop and I ended up flowering about 10 arrows <laughs> so I, the, 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 the tournament started the next day and I only had 5 arrows to do this tournament with and uh, yeah I damaged quite a few arrows I lost one arrow on the tournament and I, for some reason I think I just had a really bad batch of arrows because yeah. I, I was hitting the target but the back end of the arrows were all breaking it was oh, well. I think I just had a really dodgy batch of arrows and uh, I, I finished finished the course with two borrowed arrows off two other off different people yeah. so they weren't spine matched or even the same length <laughs> uh, but I finished that, that course on the, on that day and then luckily I remembered I bought some spare arrows with me but I only had six so uh, yeah, I, I finished, and so I took five with me, put them in my friend's quiver, and uh, yeah, finished with, with all, all six of those left on the, on the next day. But yeah, that bear, they, they take the mickey out of me now. Yeah. <laughs> Big metal bear, if you miss, you lose an arrow. Yeah. yeah Incredible. It got, it. it got expensive. <laughs> I probably spent more on arrows than I have bows. <laughs> They're the only consumable. They are. And if, if, if you treat an arrow as anything other than consumable, then you're in the wrong game. And, uh, yeah, um, what do you shoot now in terms of what bow and what arrows do you use? Um, uh, Bow-wise, I've just got a new bow um, that was sent to me by uh, a good friend of mine who, at last year's gathering, uh, I hastened about that. I beat him by, I think, one or two points. Oh, you've got um, you to drop that in. Yeah, I had to drop that in. That's, uh, that's, that's uh, uh, Henry Bodnick, who is um, he, he's the CEO, owner, uh, operator of Bearpaw Archery in uh, Germany. And he's, he's a good friend of mine. Um, and the, the trophy that I won last year was half uh, of a Bodnick signature stick, which is a reflex oh, wow. deflex longbow. Um, and I, I loved it. I thought, wow, this is beautiful. How the hell am I going to get this home? Was my first thought. <laughs> so I just managed to fit it in my bag. Because uh, it's quite a big thing, like 30-odd inches. Yeah. Uh, kind of long. Half a 60-inch bow. Um, but yeah, I got, I got it in the bag eventually. But I, for, for months, it's been sitting on my desk. And I've been thinking, that is a really nice bow. I really like that bow. Um, and he'd given me a, a quick stick, which is essentially a cheaper version of, of yeah. that bow. And I, 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 I got on with it quite well. I quite liked it, even though it was a bit short. The, the quick stick was only 58 inches, so it was a little bit twitchy for me because it uh, fairly long draw length. But this this signature stick just was sitting on my desk, and I was thinking, oh, fancy one. And Henry said he'd always sort me one out if I wanted one, so I, I dropped him a line, and he, he, he he's done me a, a really good deal on it. Um, yeah, he sent me this boat arrived just before Christmas, and I love it. You so, shot it a lot. Uh, as much as I can I haven't shot as much as I wanted yeah. um, over the sort of Christmas break but it is it's, it's beautiful it really is a, 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 the, 
the bowyer um, that did because it's a takedown, which means it comes in two parts. It just pulls apart in the middle, which makes travelling to Germany a lot easier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the guy that did did uh, some of the work on that is a, a guy called Christoph um, Unger, and he's he's an artiste. Okay. Like he's, I think he's Henry's uh, chief bowyer, and he's he's incredible. And what what wood is that one made of? Oh, now you're asking. It's micarta, which isn't wood. Um, right, okay. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of like a very heavy kind of material, which gives the bow weight, which yep. makes it a little bit more stable. Um, it's bamboo, uh, bamboo limbs, uh, which is black rose and bird's eye maple. It's a split limb. Oh, wow. Um, it looks beautiful. It I've is. seen it today. Uh, so it's it's a lovely phenomenal bow. And I'm just really enjoying getting used to it. I like I, said, I haven't got any arrows for it at the moment. Like yeah. I need, I need to sit down and get some arrows and tune some arrows to it. But I haven't. So, what would be your choice of arrows to use with it? It'd be carbon. Um, I think, I'd, I think it prefers uh, this the smaller diameter sort of carbon. Um, but I, I like the traditional looking carbon, the ones that look like wood. I mean, yeah. I'm not trying to pull the wool over anyone on any anyone's eyes or anything and cheat and say they're wood when they're not. Yeah, yeah. But I think they, they just look nice with that kind of bow. But I think I like the skinnier diameter, like the 932 or something diameter, okay. rather than the 560. Is that more target target arrows than? Well, it's, it's it's actually sort of more of a hunting shaft, really. You All tend right. to get a slightly thinner hunting shaft. But I mean, it's horses, of course, is everyone's got their own preferred setup. Uh, of what they like to shoot, but I think because it's not a huge shelf, um, so it's not cut to the tube centre. It's 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 proud of centre. Okay. Uh, it, I think it just lends itself to a slightly thinner arrow. But I, I need to, I need to sit down and, and and really have a have a play with it. But I think uh, between Henry and uh, a friend of mine, Kev, who who works also works for Bearpaw, uh, they're they're going to send me uh, some new prototype arrows to have a play with, which are they're carbon core arrows but with a veneer of ash of wood so it's like a carbon wood hybrid and they're supposed to be really tough so they they, sound really cool they want me to kind of destruct them yeah which which I'm really looking forward to I've I've been told they can shoot them into a breeze block so do you think they'll survive see (laughs) (laughs) can you can you shatter a breeze block with an arrow yeah I mean, I'll maybe shoot it into a steel bear. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, take it to the gallery and see if it um, take the bear down. But yeah, so yeah, I mean that that's that that's amazing. And I mean, since since I kind of uh, left Merlin, which is a whole other story, um, which is fine. Yeah, everything everything's great. But I, I needed I kind of need to get my independence back. Yeah. Uh, so many doors have opened up um, with different bowyers um, and suppliers and things, and I, I've come up the world's my oyster now, and it's I've got. I'm in an incredibly good place for kind of archery now, and I, f- I feel like I can really dedicate myself to traditional archery. Yeah, and that's what that's where my passion is. I'm a one-trick pony, and I've never I've never claimed to be anything other than a one-trick pony. That that's what I am. I am what I am, and I feel like I can do I can do good and promote traditional archery in the UK and make it less of a kind of a known quantity like let people know what it's all about and how much fun and how accessible it is and that, that's what I'm going to try and do with my kind of like my, my brand Grizzly Gym Grizzly Gym trademark yeah so you said just going back backtracking a little bit you said um, that you're enjoying shooting with the new bow what's what's 
part of that process of shooting with a new bow that you that you enjoy and what do you have to go through because obviously traditional and instinctive archery is very there's nothing you can measure particularly in there in terms no. of your shot process and there's no there's no target tweaking or pin pin adjustment or anything. What what do you go through when you get a new bow? <laughs> just um, shooting it. The, is it literally the, just yeah, shooting you, it? You're shooting it and you get you just get a feel for it and it just you obviously adjust things but you adjust them all subconsciously. So I mean, when I first picked up the bow, I was hitting in incredibly tight groups, sort of all arrows touching. But about two inches higher than what I was looking okay. at. Yeah. Uh, but the more you shoot, the the kind of more you subconsciously adjust, and it, it drops down until till you're on it. And are you able to? Because obviously, being out shooting with you occasionally, I'll kind of throw you one of my bows and say, "Here, just have a shot, see what you think." Um, and I I enjoy watching you shoot with my bow <laughs> and other people's bows because you're still hitting like bang on. But is is that part of? Uh, like a repertoire of you got lots of bows and draw and how all the different draws feel when you pull them back Has, have you subconsciously got that in the repertoire somewhere I, I guess that's where the instinctive comes in because you just you feel it you can I mean if I pick up a bow that I've never picked up before yeah I might, I might be six inches ten inches out yeah uh, but my second shot will usually hit where I want it to uh, and it's difficult to kind of explain why and that's why the, I mean there's so much debate about instinctive archery so many people are like oh it's not instinctive it's subconscious gapping it, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care it is what it yeah. is um, if you enjoy doing it then then do it you know if you spend less time arguing about the semantics of it and more time doing it then you, you will have a much better life yeah um, I think the best the best example and explanation I've ever had of it was literally just throwing a ball yeah when, when you when you when you are able to throw a ball accurately you're looking away you're throwing it um, you're not looking at the ball yeah you're not looking at the ball yeah. and your arm and your brain knows yeah. where and how to that, throw that's it exactly and that's exactly how a similar I... thing with the weight of the ball as well yeah. so I was wondering whether the draw yeah you feel the draw um, yeah. change I mean if, if I gave you a tennis ball a cricket ball and a golf ball and told you to sort of hit that jar on that that bar like five metres away something like that yeah. you'd probably hit it with all of them, yeah. If you had a couple of warm-ups, yeah. It's it's that kind of thing, I guess. But okay. yeah, that is the best analogy for instinctive archery. Is I always use like throwing a stone at, a, at, a, at an old tin can on a fence post. You don't, you're not aiming it. You're just doing it. Baseball, like throwing, yeah. Yeah. throwing a ball. Any any type of throwing, you don't aim it. You just do it. Uh, you don't aim a football. You look where you want it to go, and it kind of goes yeah. there that, that's instinctive archery to me so a couple of a couple of rapid fire questions they don't have to be rapid fire answers by all means but they're not hard are they if, no no not hard they're, they're all instinctive archery based oh, to get okay. your opinion on oh god okay um, so what's the biggest misuse of advice that you've heard in traditional archery the worst the worst piece <laughs> of advice that's regularly picked up and taken as gospel um <laughs> I, I've got to be political here uh, you don't need to mention names or anything it's fine the, the solution um, the solution yeah I, I think that. oh this is the one thing that's going to help you no no the, oh, okay <laughs> okay let me let me come at it another way I don't think that there is in archery there, there's a polar right and a polar wrong okay in, in more instinctive archery 
And the thing is, there is no right or wrong way to do it. There's a safe way and there's an unsafe way. And there's a basis for good, solid fundamentals. And if you don't build on good, solid fundamentals, you're not going to build into a good shop. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't build a house with bad foundations. So You've got to practice yeah. the fundamentals if you, before if you, you start choose the fundamentals. Now, there are people out there that saying you should... You, the, the, the biggest flag for me that, that if someone comes up with a fl- that says this is the way to do it this is my this is the way it's my way or the highway you've got to do it this way I wouldn't give that person any time of day okay because there, there is no right or wrong way to do it it's it's all about finding your own path it's all about what find what works for you and the thing that, that annoys me most about people giving advice is when they say this is what you have to do this is the right way this is my way and that is wrong because there isn't a right way or a wrong way there's people saying that you know know, to be a true instinctive archer you have to do it this way you don't have to do anything it's it's not (laughs) you're not in a prison camp (laughs) you can do it however you want to if you want to shoot instinctively but still close one eye you can do that if you want to if you want to shoot three fingers under you can do that. It, that that's that's the thing as long as you're safe and if you build on some good solid fundamentals um, it's got to be repeatable yeah. hasn't it as I long mean, as you're able to repeat the, your shot yeah I, I just be I always tell people when, they, when they're out learning archery I say go out there drink in all the information you can but not all of it's going to be relevant to you uh, some of it will work, some of it won't work. But drink it in, try it. If it works, keep it. If it doesn't, toss it aside, try something else. So go out, watch watch um, Jeff Kavanagh's videos. I mean, who is a phenomenal shooter. And I, I'd say, yep. he, I'd probably, if someone wants some advice, I always I generally yeah. put them in touch with Jeff because he really knows his stuff. Um, it's, the, it's the way he says something and it makes complete sense yeah. as he's saying it. And he, he, it's like yeah. a light bulb every time he says something. Yeah, he's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, he, he was one of my archery heroes and now I, you know, he, he's, a, he's a friend friend of mine we, we speak uh, all the time not actually about archery as so much we talk yeah. about ice hockey mostly. Ice hockey, yeah. um, <laughs> Canadian uh, but yeah we it, ice hockey eh? yeah he's he's, uh, he's always my first port call I always tell someone to go and see him um, uh, another good buddy of mine Wolfie Hughes he's an incredibly technical archer I mean he's he's more of a, a target kind of not target but a, a tournament kind of yeah because we both did seminars around the same sort of time he, I did one at Merlin he did one up at the, the longbow shop and it was fascinating because I had um, a guy come up to me could I get another cup of tea please could I also have another cup of tea thank you we're very in a, much we're in a pub and we're ordering tea it's yeah. fine don't worry um, <laughs> and uh, yeah and, and this it turns out this, this, this couple had been to both of our seminars and I says, oh, and I was curious to say, like, like <laughs> what's was, the difference? I was like, was mine better than Wolfie's? <laughs> <laughs> he says, do you know what? The, the amazing thing was, you both talked about the same thing, different but you thing. looked at it from totally different angles. Oh, really? Wolfie's was all about mental preparation and nutrition uh, and that kind of thing, and getting the body right. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a he's he's like yeah Ash. yeah he's, he's ripped he's, yeah. he's ripped, um, and you know he's, he's more that side, and, and mine was kind of more on the kind of more emotional kind of kind of hairy fairy side of it almost yeah Yeah. Uh, but so they they were both absolutely she's not that wasn't going to tell me mum is crap (laughs) (laughs) but they they said they were both fascinating from kind of two different kind of points of view um but yeah, I mean, hopefully, me and Wolfie, you know, we're going to get together at some point and do something. Like for, for years, we've been saying we, we must get together and shoot. We must go for a shoot, and we never do. Uh, but we, we, we hopefully we will at some point. But um, 
um, who's, uh, Greg, um, uh, old Greg, uh, Greg Richards, Gregory Richards uh, from 3D Archery. He's got some uh, good good points. Um, who else is is good? Uh, um, J- um, Chris Billingsgate is is someone who. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, I kind of owe a lot to Chris Billingsgate because he, he got me into making YouTube videos. But his his stuff's really useful. Um, I say that he's nuts, but I absolutely <laughs> love it. Um, and I hope that one day he does find Bigfoot. Uh, I genuinely hope that he does. It's interesting. Um, gigantic, gigantic, gigantic Bigfoot. In theory, should uh, should should be out there. It's, um, oh yeah, I, I, I barely just mentioned that there's. there's a, there's another guy who's actually quite interesting. Um, he's got some really good points on uh, his target archer, so don't take him too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's that's uh, New Sensei, his guy from Australia. Oh yeah, yeah, I know uh, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There we go. Two T's and a Guinness for Bradley. Bradley's uh, keeping the uh, the alcohol content alive on the table for us. Yeah, Bradley. So next question is uh, an I've rambled on with that one way too long. No, no, no. I, like I say, the rapid fire questions, but like, the answers by all means uh, stretch them out. Um, who's good at traditional archery who shouldn't be? Who's good that shouldn't be? Whose technique maybe is like, what? But, 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 don't point yourself but somehow it just works. Um, I've got an idea from previous conversations with you, but I'm just curious. Who's good that shouldn't be? I don't, the it shouldn't be good is a difficult thing that there's there's people I've looked at and I've thought that's a really odd technique but it works and the, the trick is to consistency if yep. you've got a, a slightly different kind of um, style but you're consistent with it it really doesn't matter yeah. um, I'm trying to think of a an example without offending anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you'll offend anyone. Um, I, one of the one of the people I, 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 I hugely enjoy watching is uh, is my friend Henry Bodnick. He he's got a slightly different style to what I would consider good for me. But I love watching because he's so damn consistent. He does the same thing every day. It's like a machine. Yeah. And it, it's incredible to watch. Um, and it, there's this little, like when he comes at full draw, there's this little movement in the in the arm, but it's, it's exactly the same every single time. And I, the first time I watched him, I'm like, oh, "What's he doing there? What's he doing?" There? And it's it, 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 it's it's mechanical. It's just I mean he's been shooting for such a long time. Yeah. And he, he's one of these these guys that he's kind of found his own way, and that's the best way to do it uh, as far as I'm concerned. If you can find your own path, then you can. You know, you until winning. You've, you've bushwhacked your own path. It's your path, and you know that path better than anyone. Yeah. And he, yeah. It, 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 I love watching Henry shoot. Um, I love watching Jeff Kavanagh shoot. Um, I love watching Jeff Kavanagh shoot. I mean, he, Jeff Kavanagh is a, a snap shooter, and I, I can't snap shoot to save my life. So what snap shooter? Snap shooter is as soon as you come to anchor, you let go. Oh, okay. Um, oh, look at that. No, thank you very much. Look at that. Cup of tea. Cup of tea. I hope I, ah, you've got a small cup. I know. I've, I've still got my big cup. I'm going to oh. use my big cup. Yeah, my big cup. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. We're recording at the same time, so say hello. She's not saying hello. She's not saying hello. Say hello. <laughs> You're being recorded. <laughs> she doesn't care. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. How come? Yeah. How come? She doesn't seem that impressed. <laughs> <laughs>
In all fairness, he's famous. This guy's famous. I'm not famous. (laughs) (laughs) Being famous on the internet is a lot like being rich in Monopoly. (laughs) Being rich in Monopoly. I like that. I'm going to remember that one. Right, we're just going to pour a cup of tea now. We might put you on pause, might not. not Mine's lovely. That's a lovely rich yeah, um, so colour. Jeff's a snapshooter. A snapshooter, yeah. So as soon as he, I, I, I tend to hold... My shot cycle from start to finish is about three and a half seconds. So what would... You, if Jeff's a snapshooter, what are you? Just a is shooter. There a, is there a name? I just, There's just, not a name for just it. Just okay. I, don't, I, I guess it's come to wanker and, and, and go. But Jeff come up... He's, the thing is, Jeff kind of... As far as I understand it, he kind of pre-aims the shot. So he, he, he's already focused on what it is and he's already already knows how his body's gonna feel when he gets to full draw. Where me I'm I'm always maintaining a look on on what it is I'm trying to shoot, whether it's yeah. a, a, a single spot and something. <laughs> I'm always looking at it, but I, I come up and I just need that extra couple of beats well, just kinda, to settle you in. You kind of sink into the aim, yeah. don't you? Uh, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I mean my, it, I'm pretty consistent with about about three and a half second shots. Again, physically demonstrating by audio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I realise I keep doing things that you can't see. <laughs> I would photograph him doing it, but there's there's no point doing that either. Uh, but yeah, there's. But I mean, I, I see people shoot all the time, and I think, oh, what are you doing? And I look down range, and there's three arrows touching each other in the middle. I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. go for it. Yeah. I mean, just because it's just because it's different to the way I do something doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Have um, you tried um, Jeff's candle shots? <laughs> no comment. So that's a yes and missed. No, I just broke a lot of candles. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. I just ended up hitting the candle. Wow. Okay. Um, I've done it. I think I've done it once where I put the, the, put the, the candle out. But I normally just smash a candle, and it gets quite expensive. I'll, I'll put that link in the show notes as well because the first time I saw it, I didn't believe. I didn't quite. But how he shoots it from about twenty-five yards as well, doesn't he? Yeah. About 20, 25, 30 yards. Yeah, he, so he, he suspends a candle. You can tell the story. No, he suspends a candle from the roof of his barn and, and swings it, basically, and shoots the flame off the candle while it's moving. I mean, he's, he's, he's not... He openly admits he's a terrible tournament shooter. He's, he's, he's a hunter, yeah. primarily. That, that's yeah. why he's good at archery, because he's a, he's a phenomenal hunter. Um, and he can... He can. He, it's it's incredible. He, he makes me angry how good he is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he he can he can shoot. He, I've seen him do a shot where he swings two again, just yes. demonstrating swings two candles opposing opposing swings, swings so they so meet they in the middle. Yeah, and he shoots the flame off both of them as they cross. That's nuts. Yeah, the the, the, the guy should be. Stripped of all <laughs> archery equipment and sent out into the wild. <laughs> He'd probably make a boat or something and, uh, yeah. and carry on. But yeah. he's another one. He's. I, I think that there's definitely something about like core body fitness because some of the like Henry, Wolfie, Jeff, they're all incredibly fit guys. Yeah. Um, and they're you know they look like action figures, and they've got such control over their body. Yeah. I, there's got to be something because that we, we brought a bash didn't we earlier on yeah. in the day said that because he's sh- no, we, never, we never bring a bash um, I hate Ash because he's been shooting the same length of time as me and his groups um, from his compound boat yeah. are just ridiculous and yeah. I'm, we were kind of trying to trying to uh, justify it by well not really justify it but explain it by 
the level of fitness and the awareness of what your body is doing during the shot um, and being able to tweak things and, and knowing what muscles are contracting and yeah. everything. But I like the fact we're sitting here talking about fitness having just eaten a, essentially a three course meal. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice though. I'm struggling to breathe. It <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was good. It was good. We should probably give this place a shout out. Where are we? Is it the Red Lion? We have the Red Lion. Red Lion in Meriden? Is it? Red Lion in, in Meriden. Meriden and Falongley. Yeah. The Red Lion in between. In, so the Red Lion in between Meriden and Fongley. Falongley. Falongley. There we go. You, if you want to come and get. Well, I had mozzarella dippers and halloumi, halloumi chicken, which is lovely. Yeah. And you had lasagna. It was a lovely lasagna. It's hot and though. What was the starter? I was like um, uh, pork. pork belly. Thin slices of pork belly Fab. with a nice chutney. Yeah, it was nice. So it was nice. So, so yeah, you you are now uh, gone solo. You've left. Uh, I have. Tough decision, but yeah, I believe it was the right decision to make. What were what things were you weighing up when you were making the decision? So that, the, explain the decision. So you were. <laughs> You've worked for Merlin Archery as like the social media. I, I did their social media, and I was kind of like the face of their company, and I made YouTube videos promoting archery. Yeah. Uh, but I was trad kind of, stuff. In, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was heavily weighted towards trad, and yeah. I admit that. Because you can't, you can't. Yeah, you I, know, I, I, the reason the reason why my, my videos generally worked, in my opinion, is the fact that I was speaking with absolute conviction about yeah. the things I was passionate about and the yeah. things I knew about. I was increasingly kind of being pulled towards doing videos and talking about forms of archery, A, I had no passion for, B, I had no real knowledge of, yeah. and C... There. <laughs> <laughs> He's over, um, overshot himself. Yeah, so I, I only two reasons really. Only two reasons. So uh, I and, and I did because I didn't know anything about them. I couldn't talk with genuine passion about them. And I think the reason why my stuff works is because I'm passionate. And I think if 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 I didn't do that, I wouldn't I wouldn't be genuine to myself. And it got to this. It's always a risk when your passion and hobby becomes yeah, your job. Yeah. Um, it can usually go one of two ways. One, it's brilliant and you live happily ever after and it's fantastic. Or you get these weird blurred lines where you don't know where work finishes and your hobby begins and I wasn't getting a particularly good life a work life balance. I was I was working pretty much seven days a week. Um, I didn't I wasn't working all day every day seven days a week but I was never switching off I didn't have yeah, any yeah, downtime yeah. Um, which was which was okay to start with but it really started to take its kind of toll on me um, but I, I always said from the get when I was talking to a couple of friends when I when I took the job I, I always said that if this job got in the way of me enjoying archery then I would walk away because yeah. My love of archery is far more important to me than my love of working in the archery industry. Yeah, um, and you just got to the stage where, as we've spoken before, in yeah. the, like earlier, it's, uh, it's yeah. got you through a lot of tough times. It's, yeah. it's something that you it's, hold closely yeah, to it's yourself. It's hugely, hugely important to me, and and I had and I, I just had to say, well, do you know what? I was grizzly gym before Merlin. I'll be grizzly gym after Merlin. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off and do my own thing and get my independence back. Shoot the bows that I want to want uh, that I want to shoot. Make films about the things that I want to make films about. Yep. And just get archery back for me because whenever I shot, I felt guilty that I should have been doing something else or I 
you know, I always felt like I was on it and performing and and you know, and I, it was tiring. It was really, really tiring. And having my independence back has been incredible. It's so I can really spread my wing. I can really be free again. I can, I can. It, so many doors have opened up, like I mentioned before, and, and opportunities that I wouldn't have been able to do before. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's it really is a. It's um, an extension amazing. of your journey. Yeah, sort of and it's it's not like I, I've, I've turned my back on Merlin completely. I'm sure we'll do stuff again hmm. in, in the future. And uh, yeah, like the, the guy that kind of took over my position, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still uh, speak to him and giving him advice and stuff and so it, it's all good but uh, it's, it's it's nice to be to be free and I've got I've got my fingers in some some pies um, like is there I'm, anything you can share yeah yeah I mean I've, I've got um, I've got well I'm kind of I've, I don't know how, how I would put it I've got how do you say I've got my kind of business um, happening where I'm going to be doing sort of seminars and small group tuition, one-on-one tuition, um, shooting experiences. I, I, want to awesome. intru- I want to introduce people to uh, stumping, where I take them out yep. and, and take them on a day stumping, which not a lot of people get to do here because you, you need your own land and, and whatnot. And I've been lucky enough to have uh, acquired some, some land, so take people out and do, do stumping. Uh, I've got my own brand of bowstrings coming out, or grizzly strings, uh, traditional bowstrings, <laughs> high-end tra- traditional bowstrings. Or G-string for short. Uh, or G-string for short, um, coming out. And uh, there's another couple of projects on the happening, which I can't quite talk about yet, but uh, that potentially mind-blowing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've taken on a little part-time job as well, just to sort of take the pressure off, pay the mortgage and whatnot. Yeah. Which I'm actually quite enjoying, actually, uh, being sort of kind of productive and, and whatnot. So and that that part-time job is going back to one of your previous jobs. Or you used yeah, to be well, a picture I used, framer. I used to be a picture framer. Uh, now I'm working a few days a week for um, uh, Lion Picture Frame, Lion Picture Framing Suppliers, um, based in Birmingham. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of because I've got sort of ten over ten years of kind of picture framing experience. Uh, I'm essentially their kind of in-house framer, so I, I get to. Mm-hmm. You know, massage my creative muscle, doing the picture <laughs> framing and stuff. So that's quite nice. But it, it pays the bills, and, and they're, they're a really nice, friendly company. And I've known them for years. Um, it's my my old boss's wife, so it's gotcha. it's like sort of going straight into putting on a comfortable shoe. It's it's really yeah. nice. Uh, but yeah, it pays the bills. Uh, it's I'm, I've taken a pretty big pay cut, but hopefully I'll be able to. Help that up out with everything else. With everything else, and people, some people have been amazing. Like uh, people have sent me bows and things to, to to try and help me out. There's there's um, your neck of the woods. There's a, a cigar lounge in Derby who have, have lent me some really nice high end video recording equipment. Yep. Uh, which we tried to play with today, but yeah. there's, there's way too many buttons. <laughs> we to, just we just want record yeah. and stop. So we, we, we're sort of learning that. But that is a, it's a really nice bit of kit. So the, big thanks to the cigar lounge in, in Derby. For, yep. Do you know the owner's name there? Uh, yeah, it's Tony. Tony Spacey. Keep an eye out, keep an eye out for Tony. But yeah, I know, I know the cigar lounge. It's a nice, nice place, lovely good place. So, so yeah, I was, uh, so yeah th- things are going really good for me actually, and I, um, I feel I'm good and pleased. Really good, actually. I'm in a, I'm in a good, real good place. Excellent. Uh, and I feel like I've got archery back. Archery's mine again. Um, so yeah, I just need to get out and make, start making some films and. And whatnot, which 
which I think we're probably going to try and do Sunday. I'll make a little little montage or something. It's just something, just to, yeah. It just it's, it's, I mean, it's been just Christmas, uh, and I, you know, I've been sort of learning a lot of my new job and stuff. So it's, it's uh, you know, as much as it would have been lovely to go kind of full time. Grizzly Gym, it's not feasible. I've got kids no. to feed, so yeah, you've got a responsibility. Yeah. Try and get regular Yeah, but you know it's working out. It's working out really well. So it's think- one of those things I've said. I've, I've said it for years that if you do something uh, that you love uh, well enough for long enough, then good things will happen. And obviously, yeah. you did that with Archery Adventures, which yeah. then got seen by Merlin, and you got dragged into yeah. uh, into Merlin for two years and, and got all that experience. And so now you're coming mm-hmm. out of it again. So if you carry on doing the things that you love well enough for long enough yeah. things will carry on happening and so. the, the only person I really made my videos for was for me yeah I didn't make them to, to get views I didn't make them to to show off or, or anything I made them because I just enjoyed making them uh, and, and that's kind of I think that's I think that's why they work yeah just because they were they were genuine yeah. there was no pretense in there um, uh, it's that sixth sense of humans they know when it's, they're, they're being faked at yeah so. and you kind of got to the stage where I, I didn't feel I could always be as honest as I'd want to be about certain things when I was getting paid to, to do it yeah um, but I mean I was, I was, I was always gen- I was always I've never been disingenuous with anything I've done with Merlin but it it always felt like because I had to do it, it to me it felt a little bit less genuine if that, if that, yeah if that yeah. makes sense I mean it's, yeah. it's not like I, 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 I always said if, if I came across if they gave me a product to review and I hated it I wouldn't do it um, because one I, don't, I wouldn't want to waste my time doing a video on something that I, I wasn't passionate about yep and it's just not what, what, what I'm about so I, there was stuff that plopped on my desk and I was like nah I'm not doing that because it would have been a crap review and I, I'm not in the business of going this is it awful. shows up it yeah shows I, up. I wouldn't have done that it's, it's not it's not something I'd have uh, I'd have done but. so you've got um, Grizzly Gym I don't know what you call them excursions or workshops or whatever yeah. coming out if you wanted to teach um, somebody how to do instinctive archery you've got what should we say two weeks two weeks yeah you've got two weeks to teach somebody who's never picked up a bow before uh, how to do instinctive archery what would that first two weeks of practice look like I could do it in ten minutes you could do it in ten minutes yeah, yeah, what, I could, would, I what would get, that ten minutes I, I could get someone shooting instinctively in ten minutes they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily be shooting well but, but they'd, they'd be doing be it and they'd, they'd, they'd have the process I mean in, in order to get really good at instinctive archery you need to spend a couple of years really, really working at it, um, really pushing yourself, really going for it. Um, it I've always said it, it's probably the longer path, yep. but it's certainly the most enjoyable to walk, yep. and it's the most rewarding when you get to your destination. Being able to look at something and shoot it without really thinking about it, just you know, not lining anything up, not adjusting any sides, <laughs> or, or working anything out. You just look at it and shoot it. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you, you, I, can, I mean, I've got people shooting instinctively, 10, 15 minutes. So what would that, what would that, what would that first 15 minutes look like? And then following on from that, what fundamentals would they have to either concentrate on or work on well, it's, it's, to you st- progress? You start with some basic form. Okay. Um, the principle that the, the bow is designed to do one thing incredibly well. The less influence you have over it the straighter your arrow is going to fly. Okay. So teaching people sort of um, a bit of back tension, um, a little bit of uh, frame, a solid shooting frame, 
uh, keeping both eyes open, looking at the target, looking, focusing on what it is that you want to shoot. A good, a good way of, of kind of helping people out when they first start is when they've got their bow arm pointing towards the target. If they imagine they're pointing with their finger, that's roughly where the arrow is going to go. So that gives them a good reference point to start with, yep. and, and just go from there. And like you, it's it's, a, it's the same as throwing a stone. You, you throw one arrow down range, you'll be high right. Another one will be a little bit closer. The next one will be a bit closer, and you'll get it. It'll just come. And it's, it's basically getting your brain and your body to work together. So you, you know, you, it's all done in the subconscious. It, I mean, I, I could talk for hours and hours and hours about instinctive archery. And if I, I'm also writing a book about it. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah. Um, so hopefully that's if now I've got a bit more time yep. I can do it um, before because I didn't have set working hours I was still doing stuff at like 9 o'clock at night when now uh, I come home 5 and I'm like right I can do this and I've got time now and it, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, a, just a few days a week so it, it, I've got a lot of time to really focus on on, on doing what I, I want to do and uh, so it's great I mean my wife's been brilliant she's been really supportive she's she's actually increased her hours at work to oh, wow. try and cover my, my deficit so I can really okay. make a go of kind of like brand grizzly gym that's and, really uh, cool so yeah awesome it's, uh, it's exciting times and is there any particular um, is there any particular brand or uh, bow which would be great to start off with um, I, I, th- I always find it, and I still stand by it a really good beginner's bow is the bow I sold you the, the uh, uh, Buck Trail, uh, Buck Trail. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Buck Trail Black Hawk uh, phenomenal little bow about 100 quid we're just yep, under it was 95 pounds uh, yeah, yeah just, really unbelievably light yeah I really light I didn't, really, I didn't I didn't I wasn't expecting it to be that light when you handed it over to me because obviously I'd be shooting that big chunky yeah. uh, recurve takedown thing. It's, uh, it's all limb, so it's really forgiving. It's 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 a slow bow, yeah. so it's forgiving. Um, it's it's just it's just a really nice cheap bow because the thing is with with the more traditional side of, of archery is you can't. It's not like a, a target recurve where you can change the limbs or yeah. wind in the poundage or anything. Yeah. That's your bow; it doesn't change. So. I'd start with a cheap bow, shoot it for a year, and then think, I like this, then go for something a little bit more expensive. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I generally change my bow maybe once a year. I've, I've had a different bow every year, really. Um, I've got a couple of nice bows here that'll keep me going for a while. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that, that bow you're shooting at the moment is absolutely haven't stunning. I quite got the money to, to keep <laughs> blowing on our new bows now, but, um, but no, it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Fantastic. Cool. So uh, let's finish up with uh, a few rapid fire questions. Again, the, de- the answers don't have to be rapid, but we'll, we'll kind of uh, throw a few in there. Um, if you were able to put a billboard anywhere you'd like uh, with anything on it, what would it what would it say, and where would you put it? I would have a massive billboard outside uh, Bearpaw headquarters outside Henry's <laughs> office saying one point <laughs> yeah so every time he looks out of his window he's constantly reminded that signed I'm, Grizzly Jim yeah that I beat him by a point <laughs> but, not um, that you want to rub that in at all yeah but I, I, he shoots um, the gathering in the longbow class um, which is a, a reflex deflex hybrid longbow, and that now I'm shooting. I've, I've always shot recurves before, but now I'm I'm shooting that at this year's gathering. So we're in the same 
category. So, so it, it's we're, we're going to be going going at it again, going head to head. But he, he's I, I love the guy, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd stick that there just to remind him. Never beaten by a point. <laughs> So um, where are we? You are now 35. So what would you, what advice would you give your 25-year-old self? And if you could place, if you could place the listeners, what you were doing at that point as well. 25-year-old self. What are you uh, doing at 25? And what advice would you give yourself? Invest in Apple. Ah, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> I don't know. Just what are you doing at 25? I've probably I'd been starting at the gallery, something along those lines. I'd, you know, I'd say, do you know, what? it doesn't matter. Whatever you do, it really doesn't matter. You you get hit up about so much stuff when you're kind of young. About, I mean, to be honest, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, and I've never known. I've never been one of those guys that grew up thinking I want to be a vet, I want to be a spaceman. I did want to be a, 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 a Red Arrow pilot briefly oh, wow. when I was okay. a child. I wanted to be a snooker player. Or work in a post office. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but it doesn't matter. You don't have to make any decisions. You can, you can, you can do anything you want whenever you want. So don't, don't bog yourself down worrying about what will be, what won't be. Just have some fun. Do what you want to do. And if you, if you love doing what you do, you'll make a success of it. I think. I like that. Is, I like Probably. that. That's good. That's you can do you can do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. I yeah. like that. That's cool. More questions. Come on, let's do this. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, what book have you gifted most to people? What book have I gifted most to people? Ooh. It would have been. I know. Caterpillar. I know what it should be. Okay. Which <laughs> was. I think it's either going to be House of Leaves, and I can't remember the name of the author, but it's the most bizarre book I've ever read. I've not heard that. Okay. I haven't read it in its entirety because I get halfway through and it just blows my mind, right. and I think I have to, I have to stop. <laughs> I have to stop. <laughs> I need to read this book now. I'm really intrigued. Yeah, if you get, it's called House of Leaves by Mark. Somebody. Yeah, there's, there's, yeah. You'll you'll know it when you see it. It's okay. The most Brad, Bradley's on it. He's googling it now. Yeah, Bradley's going to google it. It's a big, thick book. But it's the most. Is it's it fiction, science fiction. It's a. It's. it's oh, okay. Just, <laughs> it's a genre of it's, itself. It's, a, it's. It's. You're basically reading two books at the same time. It sounds complicated, but it, you, you. It's a story about this young tattoo artist living in California, I think, uh, by House of Leaves by Mark. Oh, Daniel. How's that pronounced? Daniel Ozerski. Mark. Danielski. Danielski. Mark Danielski. Danielski yeah. or something. Yeah. House of Leaves. We'll, we'll find yeah. it. But yeah, it's about this tattoo artist living in California who his friend helps him, he helps his friend clear out this old guy's apartment who's blind and it's all a bit weird, but he finds a manuscript for a film, right. a documentary that was, was or wasn't ever made and it's about a documentary about somebody living in a house and the house appears to be bigger on the inside than it does on the outside. Okay. And it, but it's, it's, an art, it's like an art piece because it, oh, it's wow. written... It just If you can check it out, it's Well, I will, get, I will get that because obviously I'm doing the, uh, yeah. the From Within the Pages podcast as well, so I might, I might get that. And, but yeah, uh, if, if, if someone else I know read. can read it, then we can talk about it and maybe I'll finish <laughs> it. Because <laughs> it, it's... <laughs> 
it's mind blowing. But that I'd, I'd love to buy that book for more people. Um, but that or Into the Wild, which I'm just about to finish oh, reading. Into the um, Wild, I need to start reading. That, yeah. It's an incredible book. But the book I've, I've gifted most to people is um, a book called The Motel Life by Willie Voltin. Okay. who is the lead singer of my favourite band, which is Richmond Fontaine, who nobody's ever heard of. Never <laughs> heard of But yeah, it's, this is the weird country kind of Americana... They feel like concept albums sometimes. They're, they're quite weird. They're all very story-driven music. But uh, Motel Life, I, I've bought for quite a few people because it's such a phenomenally, beautifully depressing book. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, there's, there's, he's, I've read three of his books. I've got his fourth one, which I haven't got around to reading yet. But um, I've, I've read three of them, and two of them have made me cry. Yeah, you're too happy. Read this. Yeah, <laughs> your, your life's going too well. Read this. <laughs> um, but one of the books, uh, which is his second book called The North Line, actually came with a soundtrack, which is bizarre. I've never known a book come with a soundtrack. Is that a soundtrack that you can put on while you're reading it? You can do. I mean, it, you finish before you okay. <laughs> read it, obviously. But it, the, the, the corresponds to the various bits in, in the book. How uh, so? But, really but yeah, that, that's, the, that's the book I've given to most people, is um, uh, Motel Life. Motel Life. I'll stick all that in the show notes as well, obviously. Um, what one thing or what things do you believe in that other people think is insane? Is insane? What do you believe in that other people disagree with you? Voodoo. You believe in voodoo? <laughs> I disagree with that. <laughs> I believe in instinctive archery, and if people disagree with that, um, I believe... The children are huge. <laughs> I believe. I believe faith is an incredibly beautiful thing, and the world would be a better place if it had more faith and less religion. Um, that's a bit controversial, I suppose. But I think I think faith is a, such a beautiful thing, but when it gets messed up with man-made concepts, yep, I think it leads to problems. Yep. I can't agree more with that. Yeah. It's a good one. I can't agree more with that. Unless um, you what would people be surprised to learn about you? That I'm a transvestite. Well, we didn't know that. There we go. And on that <laughs> note... <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Um, have I got any secrets? I... I don't know. I, I'm dyslexic. Yeah. Um, I don't know if too many people know about that. Although I did just do a big rant on uh, on Facebook about grammar Nazis. Nazis. You did that a year ago. It was an old, yeah, I reposted it from a, from a year ago. Um, I don't know. On that, on so that. the only secrets I can think of are the ones and stuff that's not yet allowed to be announced. Oh yeah. I was very nearly the Milky Bar kid. Really? Yep. Yeah. I, I was, but it was on a school flight. It doesn't a, count, Brad. That's a really cool story. Uh, how, how can I, you... Uh, I just I looked a lot like him, and there was a competition, I think, once for... Uh, for the next one, or the yeah, current one? Yeah, the, like the next one. Right. It was, it was like okay. back in the 80s, like yeah. early 80s. Look, um, bars around me. What else? I... I'm a sucker for anyone in high heels. Ooh. Um I shout out to Paddy. Shout out to Paddy. He doesn't wear high heels. 
You probably would. Um, big Paddy, not Little Paddy. That's just creepy. Um, <laughs> oh, there was something else just on the tip of my tongue there. I... don't know. I'm a pretty open book, really. Yeah, if you want to know about a Grizzly Jim, just uh, find him on YouTube and watch all his stuff. And uh, one last one, have you got before we finish up? Have you got any asks or requests for the audience? What uh, something that you would like them to do, or think about, or mull over? Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick on the internet. Don't be a dick in real life. Just don't be a dick. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> there we go. Have faith, be excellent to each other, and don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. And where can people find you? Um, on the internet, obviously, because we don't want to hand out your address. You can find me at... You can find me on Facebook. Okay. Grizzly Jim. Yep. I think my Facebook thing is at Grizzly Jim Archery. Right. If you, it's the thing. But if you just type in Grizzly Jim on Facebook, you find me there. Archery Adventures on YouTube. Um, that have you have you done the um, Instagram, uh, YouTube address customizing thing? Yes. You can change it to Grizzly Jim, or is no, it already gone? YouTube dot blah 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 slash c slash Archery Adventures. Right. So yeah. So, so I've done it. I've so, done it. Yeah. Okay. So it used, to be, used to be J Kent ten. Right, yeah. So because I was I was something else and now I'm Chris Rossing. That's good. Um you find me on Twitter on that Grizzly Jim. Instagram at Jim Grizzly Kent. Um, so you're not consistent at all. No. <laughs> no. Um Grizzly Jim's quite a popular <laughs> moniker, so it's quite difficult. Um, and I'm, where will people you've been talking about um, doing your um, strings um, and obviously uh, possibility of doing some shirts and things and merchandise in the future? They, where will be where will be, we be able to get hold of things like that? They will be on my website, which I'm in the current process of doing. Yep. Which will most likely be um, grizzlygym.co.uk. Okay. I think or grizzlygymoutdoors.com which is something else that's something else which you will we'll get you back on the podcast and we'll do a Grizzly Gym Outdoors section <laughs> excellent well thank you very much thank you very much for uh, popping on and spending probably well all day really but uh, a good hour and 15 minutes or whatever it's, yeah. this has been well I would, I would very much like to just apologise to my wife who I mean <laughs> last shout out I I'm probably it's not the first time, and it's not the last time, but I think I'm in the doghouse again. Um, I think it's now, what, what time is it? We've just gone seven o'clock. I think I told her I'd be home about half three. Oh, wow. Okay, send her, send her, a, send her a special message. We'll get a message out to her on iTunes. So, so Shell, I'm really sorry. I'm coming home now. I finished my tea, mostly, and, uh, yeah, I'll be home very shortly. I'm very sorry. I love you. Bye. Like a voicemail. <laughs> and on that note, thank you very much for listening, guys. You can, uh, as always, you can find all the information that we talked about in the show notes. And if you would like to drop a like on um, on this podcast, then drop onto iTunes and give us a review. And you can find me pretty much everywhere at uh, at Chris Frossin. 
and uh, until next time so you were right nobody's called Chris Frosson yeah I'm lucky that I am the only Chris Frosson if you search Chris Frosson on Google I think I'm the first four pages yeah I mean it's, anybody uh, with a great. freaking beard calls himself <laughs> Grizzly now so just <laughs> good luck thanks, thanks so much cheers buddy take care bud. thank Thrill. you